Romans chapter 8 says, what then shall we say to all of these things that are going on in the world? If God is for us, who can be against us? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword separate us from the love of Christ? No, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers or virus, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He is with you. He is for you. Church, there's a lot of people all over the world that are going through a whole lot of hardship right now. There's a lot of people that are walking in a lot of fear right now. And a scared world needs a courageous church. <sighs> Courage doesn't mean that you don't feel afraid. Courage means you face the fear and head on. You have a hope that is strong in the Lord. Our faith is not in our government. Our faith is not in our president. Our faith is in a God who sits on the throne above the circle of the earth, and he is still on the throne. Today, our president has issued it to be a national day of prayer, and I am so thankful that President Trump announced that, and I honor his word. We have been following everything that we have been reading and been instructed to do. We have everything set up here to make sure this is clean, clean and safe. And someone asked me, Paul, are we going to have church? I said, is Walmart still open? They said, yes. I said, is research still open? They said, yeah, there's about 800 people gathered in research. They're out of toilet paper. I said, well, we're not out of paper. We got the word of God. We got the word of God. I said, is your gym closed down? They said, no, there's hundreds of people at the gym working out. I said, why should the church close down? Now, that's not a knock on any other church out there. I'm just saying this is why we decided this weekend. Now, if you're feeling vulnerable or uh, unsafe, watch from home. I know we've got thousands of people watching from home. Can we give our online audience a huge, we love you. We are so honored you tuned in this morning. We hope that this word and this worship and this message encourages you right there from your home. You are not alone, and you don't have to be afraid. And we came this morning to speak to everyone who's watching online, peace in the midst of panic, faith in the midst of fear. Put our, we're gonna put our hope in the Lord right now. And to honor that declaration of a national day of prayer, I'm gonna ask us to pray. And again, one of the nice things about our building is it's large enough to spread out. If you want some space, sit, sitting on, on your own row, you could do that today. But I'm going to ask us all to pray right now from where we're standing. We speak peace in Jesus' name over our nation, over the nations of the earth. We pray, God, for this virus to be reversed and de-escalate in Jesus' name. We pray, God, for everyone who is sick, everyone who is infected. We pray for healing, health, quick recovery in Jesus' name. 
God, I pray in Jesus' name you would use churches all over the world, God, in this hour, Lord, to bring people to a place of faith in you. God, that we would come to a place of surrender. Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So, Lord, we trust in you today. How do you have peace? That's what I'm going to talk about today. How do I have peace? How do I walk in peace? Are you ready for the word? Come on. Well, you can take a seat if you want to, or you can stay standing, but I'm going to keep going right into this message. Peace in the panic. Where is the hope, people say? Where is the peace? So many people feel demoralized by the virus that's around us. But I came to lift up a banner of peace and hope today, that our peace and our hope is in the power of God, working in the hearts of his church and through his church. Our peace is not based on our circumstances. If my peace was based on my circumstances, I would be on a roller coaster of emotions. I'd be a terrible father to be around. I'd be a lousy husband to be around. If my peace was circumstantial, then I would be up and down every day. Thank God my peace is not connected to the stock market. Thank God my peace is not connected to what viruses are going on, what laws are being passed as a nation. My peace is anchored in God's word. I hope the online is cheering louder than those that are here this morning. You came to church, you might as well respond this morning. My peace is not based on circumstances. I remember going on a missions trip many years ago, and right when we landed in Mexico, Oaxaca, Mexico, they announced that a tropical storm had formed in the month of July, which was a strange month for something like that to form. Usually it would come in the spring or the fall. And our team, it was too late to turn around, get on the airplanes and fly back. We were already there. We were stuck in a moment we weren't prepared for. We were stuck in an unexpected storm. We begin to pray, we begin to worship, and the storm only grew stronger. It began to escalate every second. They started saying it's not just a tropical storm, now it's a hurricane. Now it's no longer category one, it's category two. With every hour, it was escalating, and the fear was escalating. We began to find what we could do because there were no hotels inland. Everything was on the beach, and our missions base was right there on the beach, right by the ocean. It was made of rock and stone. It sat on a rock stone foundation. Storms expose what your foundation is. Viruses expose where your foundation of faith is at, where your peace is at. Thank God we were on a firm rock foundation. But we began to move everyone up from the first floor and the second floor into the third floor. We all bunked together. We didn't know how long it was gonna last, but we knew we were gonna get through it. You're gonna get through this. This is not a permanent storm. Don't make a permanent decision during a temporary storm. The real virus that's going on right now is despair. It's hopelessness. It's pandemonium in the middle of the pandemic. It's this constant anxiety. So we see empty shelves. We see people running around. All the toilet paper is out. But can I tell you, our God in heaven is different than us. He's not running around like, like, like in this panic and this fear up in heaven trying to find all the toilet paper in heaven's grocery store. God sits on the throne in the middle of our storm, and he is a sure foundation. And that night in the storm, as it began to come, this hurricane, category three, began to hit. Our team began to worship and pray. 
wondering what was our purpose here in the middle of the storm. Little did we know God would use us strategically, intentionally as a hurricane relief team that we would serve all the communities. Within three days, the storm was over. It de-escalated as fast as it escalated. And once it was over, God used us to bring hope to all the neighbors surrounding that area. Our entire itinerary changed. God is going to fulfill prophetic words during this storm in an unusually different way. I think about the story of Paul. If you have your Bibles, go to Acts 27 and you could shout, yes, or you can read it on the screen or pull it up on your phone, the Bible app. Acts 27 is an unusual moment, Paul's journey. He had prayed his whole life that he would one day preach in Rome. It was his dream. It was at the top of his bucket list to preach a sermon in Rome, although it happened in a way that he wasn't planning on it to happen. He thought it would be different, but God was about to use his trouble as transportation towards the dream that it was in his heart. People have said that the church would shine bright during dark times. How can it shine bright unless it's dark? People have said there will be revival like crazy in Tulsa and in America. It's about to happen in an unusual way. People have said there's going to be so many people turning to God, getting saved. How many would like to see our world turn to God? Even in the middle of a crisis. We're in it, so we might as well make the most of it. We might as well begin to point people back to the source of hope, back to the source of of peace. In verse 1 of Acts 27, it says, when it was decided that we would sail for Italy, God, we pray for Italy right now. We pray for every person in Italy. We speak peace to you. If you're watching online from Italy, we love you. We're standing with you. We're praying for churches in Italy, pastors in Italy, families, people who've lost loved ones. We speak peace over you in Jesus' name, comfort to you, faith in the midst of this trial and this storm. And we thank you that virus is de-escalating. It's leaving here and there in Jesus' name and everywhere in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul was headed for Italy as a prisoner. He was forced to be on a boat and he was at the bottom of the boat. He wasn't riding on a luxury cruise ship. He was riding on a prisoner boat. And here he was in the bottom of the boat. So if there's a storm, the prisoners go down first. And out of all the caution inside him, he's trying to warn people, this may not be the best time to go sailing. The winds were beginning to stir. There was difficulty on the voyage. And I love that in verse 3 it says, On their voyage they stopped in one harbor, and Paul found favor with Julius. God's about to bring favor through unusual people in your life during this time. God will use you to show favor to other people that are in need. Paul found liberty to go to his friends and receive care. Peace is connected to community. Peace is connected to the people of God. Peace is connected when we begin to pray together and walk together. Don't lose. The virus wants to shut down community. The virus wants to dictate your voice. The virus wants to shut down your friendships. The virus wants to keep us in a place of complete isolation. I want to encourage you to text someone, call someone, drop groceries off for someone. Be the church in the middle of the virus. Be the church. People are running to hospitals. People are running everywhere. They're running to Reesers. They're running to Walmart. They're running to their coffee shop. And most of all of those places are open. It's time for the church to stay open in the midst of this problem and to be a lighthouse for those who are hopeless and discouraged. And we are the church. Just say this with me. We are the church. We can bring peace to people who are feeling panicked. 
And here Paul is, he gets peace, he gets comfort. And then they set sail again, verse four. But this time the winds were even worse and so they found shelter. Everybody say, find shelter. Psalm 91 says he is a shelter. Those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, he is a shelter, a refuge for you in the middle of the storm. When our missions team was in that moment of the hurricane, we had a shelter. We began to pray. We began to worship. We began to study scripture. And it was like the peace of God. We were in the eye of the storm, and yet there was an incredible calmness over our entire team that just sat on us. You can have peace even in the midst of panic. And peace comes from courage. Peace comes from having a resolved courage in the midst of the crisis. The crisis will reveal where we stand, how we think, what we speak, the way we behave. The definition of panic is uncontrollable anxiety mixed with unthinking behavior. People aren't even acting with intelligence. Non-Christians have, have declared, people who aren't even part of church, part of faith community, have declared that panic makes you even more vulnerable to the virus. That panic and worry increases your heart rate, increases your blood pressure, overwhelms you, and leads to a depression where we begin to hoard whatever we have out of fear and this anxiety and this stress. Panic is no cure to the virus. Peace is the vaccine to the virus. If you're searching, what is the vac? Have peace. Who's in control of my peace? You are. Jesus said in John 14, I have given you peace and the devil can't take it away from you. The only way peace goes away from you is when you hand it over. You have peace. Somebody say, I have peace. Peace is a promise. Peace is my promise from God. So I can tell my soul, David spoke to his soul in the midst of anxiety, soul be at peace, mind be at peace. The battle is between the ears. People are running around with this fear, this anxiety. Uh, last year I was with my boys and we were at a carnival and, and everything was going fine until all of a sudden this storm just suddenly blew into Tulsa and we were outside, the whole carnival was outside and the storm was intense. Now. I was with Liam and Benny, and we were on the Ferris wheel that goes up. And here we were, and all of a sudden it starts raining. And I'm like, get us off this Ferris wheel right now. And finally we got off, and it was too far to run to our car. We saw a large tree, and we ran to that large tree, and we were covered by the branches of that tree. It was like a shelter. There was about 50 to 100 of us huddled under that tree all different ethnicities, all different generations, all different ages. We were huddled under the tree. This church is like a tree. It's a canopy. It's a shelter. It is a refuge. God's presence is a refuge in time of trouble. He is our ever-present help in time of need. Liam and Benny said, Daddy, we're going to be okay. I said, yeah, we're going to be all right. Here we are. A year later, we're still alive. You know, I was talking to my grand-grand recently. She's 96, and she said, you know, I've lived through a whole lot of crisis, a whole lot of plagues, a whole lot of viruses, and I'm still standing. I still got my red hair. I still got my smile. I still got my joy. She said, if people can just outlast the storm. When I first stepped in as pastor, when my father passed away, panic was trying to grip my heart, anxiety. I'm too young for this. I'm unqualified for this. What's going to happen? Are we going to make it? Someone sent me a painting, and it said, a smooth sea never made a skillful sailor. I wanted to give the painting back to them. 
I don't need stormy seas. But they said, Paul, your leadership will be defined through the storms you walk through and you will rise with courage. I got a text last night from the governor of Oklahoma saying, thank you for not closing your church down, Paul. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm listening to all the wisdom. I've called doctors. I've called people. And they said, as long as you follow everything that's been asked of you, the hand sanitizers, the precautions, asking people who are vulnerable, their immune system's vulnerable, the elderly, the sick, to stay and watch online, then Paul, go. We need people to keep living. We need people like we are still alive. Let's stop acting like we're all dead. We are still alive. We are still here. We are still courageous. We are still Victory Church. If Starbucks is still serving drinks, we're still serving the the bread of life. We're still serving hope. We're still serving peace. We're still walking in victory. And there's this cancel culture. There's this shutdown culture. There's just so much of just oppression in the midst of this. And we got to keep our heads on. We got to keep, we got to stay in peace. We got to stay in a place of hope. We got to stay in a place of faith. And I'm going to follow instructions. If the governor called me today and said, hey, we need you to change things, I will do it. I am not a rebellious person, but he hasn't done that. He said, move forward with faith, move forward with peace. So here they are, they're in the middle of this storm. The wind begins to blow. And it says that as the wind began to blow, I wanna go to verse 13. All of a sudden this wind that started out as a soft wind grew stronger, there was difficulty. And they were able to sail under the shelter for a moment, for a season, when all of a sudden they were pushed out to sea. It says in verse 14, before very long, this gentle wind turned into a hurricane, tempest, Um, type of wind. It was overwhelming. It began to dictate all of their decisions. The wind was so strong, they were no longer in control. The, 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 The storm was so powerful, it was dictating where they could go and where they couldn't go. It was dictating when they could eat, when they couldn't eat. It was dictating what was on the shelves and what was not on the shelves. This sounds eerily familiar right now. The storm was dictating every decision they were making. And Paul was staying calm. How do you stay calm in the middle of a storm? You remember who's on the boat with you. You remember who's on the boat. When the disciples were in the middle of a storm, they began to lose their minds. They said, we're going to die. Don't you care? We're dying here. And what was doing? Jesus was sleeping on the boat. And he woke up and he said, why are you afraid? Where is your faith? Here's the key. In the middle of a storm, the way a boat stays afloat is the boat doesn't allow the storm to get inside the boat. As long as the boat stays above the water and doesn't allow the water to get in the boat, the boat doesn't sink. If you're going through a storm, don't let the storm get inside you. Don't let the storm get inside your emotions, in your heart, in your marriage, in your business, in your finances, in your relationships, in your dreams. Make sure you guard yourself against the storm. You can be in the storm and yet not be of the storm. You can be in the chaos and yet not be overwhelmed by the chaos. You can be in the panic and yet have peace in the middle of the pandemic. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to somebody today who's watching. I have peace peace. And all of a sudden the storm swept over them. They were pushed out to sea. They were driven by the storm. Paul is chronicling this, telling Luke, who would write the book of Acts, who would share what Paul's account was. Paul said it was overwhelming. We couldn't even see any light. The sun and the moon and the stars were all hidden by the storm. The storm was covering everything. There was hopelessness. There was despair. 
We couldn't even make a move. Everything was being dictated by the storms. And then it says in verse 20, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up hope. People lose hope in the midst of storms. I was reflecting this week on Winston Churchill because Winston Churchill wasn't a man who never felt fear. He was a man who faced his fears. And there was a movie that came out about him a few years ago when Hitler was breathing fear across the world and was taking over every country in Eastern Europe and Hitler was, was driving his forces and, and, and the Holocaust was happening, there was this anxiety, this pressure to just bow down to let Hitler come in and do what he wanted to do. But Winston Churchill took a stand. And in the midst of that time, in the midst of the pandemic, he said, we shall fight and we shall not retreat. We shall fight on the beaches and we shall fight on the ground. We will fight in the fields and we will fight on the streets. We will fight. You see, in the middle of panic, it's not a time to run. When you're faced by a lion, they say the last thing you want to do is turn your back and run from it. The greatest thing you can do is face it head on with courage. This is not a time to bury our heads in the sand. This is a time to rise up. And we don't fight our battles like this. We fight our battles like this. We fight our battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I win my battles. This is how, this is how I win my battles. This is how I win my battles. You see, there's a place of surrender. You're stronger on your knees than you are on your feet. We're stronger in prayer than we are trying to overpower this in our own strength. And Paul is about to speak to the men in the midst of that. He stands up in verse 21 and he says, men, I warned you. There's always a warning before the storm. He said, you didn't heed my warning, and this thing escalated. But let me tell you right now, in the midst of your fears, watch what he says next in verse 22. I urge you, take heart. Be of courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. What was Paul saying? He was saying, I've got a word from God that this is not the end. God is not finished. He says in the next verse, for last night, an angel stood beside me. Can I tell you, you got an angel with you. God sends his angels around you. You got an angel in the room. Come on. Now's not a time to lose our theology. The scriptures have outlasted every virus that's come and gone. That, this book right here has outlasted every president, every government, every law that's been passed, every emperor, every terrorist attack, every bubonic plague, every virus, SARS, every disease. And like my grandma said, if people will just keep their peace and not lose their heart in the midst of this. Paul said, do not be afraid to his, to his fellow soldiers. He says, do not be afraid to the fellow prisoners, to those that were on the ship. Don't be afraid. God is going to use what the enemy meant for harm for our good. God has granted us life. He is the author of life. God is going to get us through this. Somebody say, I'm going to make it. Take heart, man, for I believe God. I believe God. I have faith in God that it will be just as it was told me. Now, something happens. In the next few verses, they find an island. They land on Malta. But before they do, they drop anchors into the water. Everybody say, drop your anchor. 
An anchor is no good if it stays on the boat and you're trying to be steady. An anchor is only good when you let go and you let God. And the anchor keeps us in the midst of the storm. I want to give you a few anchors today. Peace comes when we stop trying to control every situation. Right now, our nation is being humbled. The world is being humbled. We're recognizing we're not in control. We're not in control of this. So we can either run from that humility, fight it with pride, or we can lean in with humility and say, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I prove you or endure. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust you more. Peace comes when we put our trust in God. Hebrews 6, 19 says, our hope is an anchor for our soul. Christ is an anchor in the middle of the chaos. Jesus is an anchor in the middle of the storm. We have an anchor, church. We don't have to be tossed by the wind and the waves. We have an anchor. We're not in control, but God is. He's not surprised by this. Peter says, count it joy when you fall into trials and tests because it reveals where your faith is at. It shows you whether you have genuine peace, hope, or faith, or whether it's built on hype, or built on a personality, or built on the government, or built on your bank account, or built on your wallet. Take heart. Listen, this is a time for us to draw closer to God. Draw closer to God. I was with my boys this past week, and I said, how y'all doing? This was just two, three days ago. They said, we're doing good. We're with you. So of course we're doing good. Peace comes when you know whose you are. They said, because we're with you, daddy, we know we're okay. I said, that's, that's great. And they said, we're going to be all right, daddy. The virus can't stop us, daddy. Liam said, beside, where did this virus come from? And I looked up this last week. Where did the virus come from? Everyone has their opinions. There's a billion opinions out there. But most medical doctors have said the coronavirus is not a new virus. It's an old enemy. I'm going to preach that right now. It's a new strand of an old foe. It's a new tactic of the same old trickster that's been doing tricks. This ain't a new, this ain't God's first rodeo. God's not going, oh no, they came up with a brand new weapon. God's going, don't you know? Viruses have been going on for a long time. The coronavirus has been happening for a long time. It's a new strand of an old enemy. The devil has been going around with fear, panic, worry, anxiety, sickness, disease, temptation, sin, darkness, hopelessness, suicidal thoughts, depression, oppression, fear, all of it for a long time. And, and you know what? We don't have to be afraid. We're going to walk in wisdom, but we are not going to worry. Jesus says, who of you by worrying can add a single inch to your life? You can't add an hour to your life. This enemy, listen, we have the victory over the virus. We have the victory over the enemy. I'm going to keep preaching faith. I'm going to keep preaching hope. You can listen to CNN and Fox News and MSNBC for all the other stuff. But when you come to victory, I'm going to drop an anchor of hope, faith, love, compassion, a hope and a mindset that God is my anchor. Walk in wisdom, but don't walk in worry. Tune into the Victory Channel if you're getting overwhelmed by all the other channels and information out there. It's going on 24-7.
I got the anchor. Someone gave me a painting and said, let go, let God. I think they knew that I needed to be reminded of that. And every time I let go and let God, God always guards me with peace. Philippians 4, verse 6 says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, pray. Don't panic about anything. But Paul, the news tells me I should panic. The virus tells me I should panic. And it's controlling everything. The virus is dictating all of our decisions. In fact, during that time, they were throwing everything overboard. There was empty shelves on the boat. But Paul says, don't you worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Peace comes when we pray. Peace comes when we pray. Prayer produces peace. Prayer releases peace into the atmosphere. Prayer invites God's presence into the atmosphere. Prayer connects you with the heavenly language. Prayer supersedes everything that you don't understand. Watch what Paul says next in the verse 7. When you pray, not only will you experience peace, Philippians 4 verse 7, but you will have peace that is beyond your understanding. This peace will guard your hearts and your minds. The battle is here and it's in here. Don't let the storm get inside you. When you pray, you get peace. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from all evil. For thine is the power, the kingdom, and the glory forever. If you believe in Jesus, give a shout this morning. I'm going to switch the slide. I wanted to say where we really stand. We stand from a place of victory. We stand. We are not fighting for a victory. We're fighting from a victory. Peace comes when you know whose you are. My boys this last week, they just started preaching. I want you to see what they said. Now, before I show you this video, they always sit in booster seats. This is the one time the booster seats were in the babysitter's car. So for all the moms out there, and I was parked. I'm not driving. I'm parked in a parking lot recording the boys saying this. All right, check this out. This is good news for all of us. Watch this. Everything is going to be okay. That's right, Leanne. Say it to everybody watching this video. Everybody's going to be okay. Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm here with Benny and Liam, and we just want to tell everybody, be peaceful. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared or worried. We don't have to be afraid of the virus, right, Liam? Yeah. Benny, we don't have to be afraid, do we? That's right. God is with us. All right, us. you can turn it off. Yeah. They keep going on saying, God is with us. His presence brings us peace. Anytime I was worried or anxious, I knew I could go to my dad's office. When he was alive, I knew where his office was. It was on the third floor of Victor Christian School building. When I was in school, if there was times where I felt left out, rejected, felt like I didn't know what was next, uncertainty about the future. I would go up to his third floor office, knock on the door. Sometimes he'd be busy in meetings with other people, but almost every time he would walk out of the door and say, hey, Polly, what can I do for you? And I'd say, dad, you're busy. And he said, I never, I'm never too busy for my kids. I'm never too busy for you. He said, what's on your heart? I'd say, dad, I'm just feeling afraid about the future. I'm feeling sad. People didn't invite me to their birthday party. And you know, I'm the pastor's son. They think I'm going to tell on everybody if I, if I come to the birthday party and they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. And he'd say, well, I'm with you, Paul. And just knowing that my dad was with me 
that his office was always open, that I had access to his presence. That right there brought peace in my heart. Can I tell you, you have a daddy in heaven whose office is always open. His presence is always accessible. He is an accessible God. He's a God who wants to hear your thoughts, your prayers, your concerns, your worries. Peter says, cast your cares on your father because he cares for you. Maybe you grew up with an abusive dad. Maybe you grew up with an absent dad. But I can tell you this. God loves you and he is present and he is with you and he is for you and he's cheering you on and he's not lost hope in your future. He's given us victory. So when Paul told his team, hey, listen, we're going to have victory in this. They all began to listen and they came through on the other side. So we have peace from being in his presence. We have peace by trusting in his promises. David stayed peaceful even when there was a storm. He said, I would have lost heart in Psalm 27, 13. I would have lost heart. I would have become suicidal. I would have lost hope had I not believed in the promises of God that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. How do I have peace? I trust in God's promises. Peace comes when my eyes are on Jesus. Peace comes when I praise and when I worship. When Paul and Silas were in the middle of midnight in shackles, what did they begin to do? They begin to sing. They begin to worship. Praise and worship is an anchor in the middle of the darkness. I'm going to raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah. Fear you have no hold on me. There's something powerful. When we, begin, when we begin to praise and worship, peace comes into our heart. I dare you this week just to praise and worship in the middle of panic and pandemonium. Just turn up the praise and worship. Lift up a flag, a banner of victory. Peace comes when we pray. When we pray. I tell my boys the, the Daniel and the lion story like every month because they love that story. When Daniel in the Bible, chapter 6, was thrown in the lion's den, true story, thrown in the lion's den, it was because he was praying. He was a prayer warrior. And, and, the, and the nation didn't like his prayer. They wanted to shut him down. They wanted to shut him up. They wanted to dictate all of his movements. You can't pray. You can't have church. You can't do that. But Daniel kept praying with his windows open. So he gets thrown into the lion's den. Now, I need some help. I need some lions. Can, can I get a couple of lions to surround me? So Daniel, <laughs> Daniel is praying. AJ, you, you be the Daniel. You pray. I'll be one of the lions. I need a couple more lions. Pastor Ty, get up here. Yeah, yeah. Come on, you can count on the consistency of illustrated sermons with Pastor Paul in the middle of all the craziness. This is consistent. So the lions are surrounding Daniel. But the Bible says that God sent an angel in the middle of the night. Vinay, get up here. You're going to be the angel. So while AJ, while Daniel was praying and the lions were growling, God sent the angel to stand between Daniel and the lions, and he guarded him so the lions could not even get near Daniel, when you begin to pray, you release God's protection in your life. Prayer taps you into a force field that not praying can't happen. When we choose not to pray, we're choosing not to connect with God. But when we choose to pray, we're counting on God's promises. We're releasing God's protection. We're asking for God's provision. We're giving God thanksgiving. And the angels shut the mouths of the lions. Same thing happened for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they were told that you got to bow down, and if you don't, you're going to be thrown into the fire, God sent a fourth man in the fire to guard them from the fire. I'm telling you right now, prayer produces God's strength and power in the midst of the pandemic. Don't stop praying. Don't, don't lose your voice. Don't hold your breath. 
Keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praising. Keep on trusting. Keep on worshiping. Keep on living. Keep on breathing. Keep on loving. Keep on walking in victory. We're going to take communion right now because one of the other anchors of our peace is putting our trust in the blood of Jesus. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. As we get ready to end today, I want to end with just a declaration that Jesus is our savior. He's our healer. He's our Lord. If you're watching from home, you can join us in communion. You can break bread right there in your kitchen. Take some juice from your kitchen, wherever you're watching this from. Take communion with us. If you're watching this weeks later, months later, take communion with us right there. Find some bread. Communion was a symbol of what happened in the Old Testament. When the Israelites were under the bondage and slavery of, of Pharaoh, God sent Moses to go and deliver them. And, and the night before they would be delivered, a spirit of death came into the land. It was a virus. And God spoke to Moses, everyone who has the blood of a spotless lamb on their door, the blood will cover them from the death. The blood will cover them from the virus. And everything the blood touches gets redeemed. Everything the blood covers is protected, covered by his blood. Jesus came in the New Testament. He said, no longer do you need a, a sacrificial lamb like you needed in the Old Testament. I am the lamb that is slain. Jesus is our atonement. He is the lamb that went to the cross. He died for our sins. He died for our sicknesses. He rose from the grave. His name is Jesus. It's higher than every other name. And he told his disciples the night before he died on the cross, take communion regularly. And when you do, remember what I did for you. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. My hope is not in the boat. My hope is the one who's with me on the boat. My hope is not in my circumstances. My hope is in the king who sits on the throne. I have a different vantage point as a Christian. Everyone has a vantage point right now. Everyone has an opinion. But my vantage point comes from the perspective that I'm a child of God. He calls me by name. I don't have to worry. He is my father. He's my savior. He's my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley. I'm not camping in the valley. I'm not staying. This is not a permanent thing. We're passing through this. This thing is going to end. This storm is going to be over. This virus is going out. It's on its way out, church. So Jesus said, when you go through that, remember what I've done. If you would bow your heads and close your eyes today. If you're here right now and you're not right with God, you're maybe you're holding on to hurts, wounds, sins, fears, anger. Maybe you're here today and you're questioning everything and you just need to surrender to God. He wants to help you, but you've got to surrender. You've got to confess him. The Bible says anyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. So right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you need his forgiveness, if you need to get things right between you and God, even watching online. I want you to just raise your hand today before we take communion. Yeah, hands going up from the front to the back. You're saying, I need Jesus. I need his grace. I need his forgiveness. I need him to save me. I need to know that my name is written in the book of life. I need to release fear and hurt and wounds and this doubt that's in my heart. I need to put my trust back in Jesus. Just say this with me. Jesus, I believe in you. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died on the cross and you rose from the dead. And I repent of sin 
and I receive your forgiveness. I'm all yours, God. Thank you for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body broken for you. Take it and eat and remember what I've done for you. Next, Jesus lifted up the cup and he said, I have a new covenant for you. Love one another. This cup represents his love for us. His blood poured out was his way of saying, I love you. I always have and I always will. On your worst day, on your best day, I'll be with you. His blood covers our sins. He forgives us. He remembers our sins no more. Cast them as far as the east is from the west. Today, we remember the covenant we have, the promise of his love and his forgiveness. Let's drink and remember what Jesus did for us. Let's stand to our feet today. The ushers are going to pass a bag. You can drop it in the bag. As we come to the end of this, we're going to worship. Are you okay to stay a few minutes and worship and praise? Is there an NBA game on or something? Yeah, okay. I, I didn't think so. Might as well hang out a little bit more in the church and, and sing to Jesus. Might as well just lift up our voice to praise God today. As we get ready to do this, our band is getting ready to play. And I want to just share this story and then I'm going to read a scripture over you. A lifeguard was on duty and he was on the beach when all of a sudden a man out in the ocean about 50 yards from his post began to shout and scream and flail violently. People started shouting. The lifeguard jumped off his seat, ran out to the front of the water, the edge. He was standing right there in, in foot deep water. And people were saying, what are you doing? Help the guy. He's drowning. Do something. Do something. The lifeguard was watching intently. They said, please do something. He's drowning. Why don't you move? Go and help him. The man is flailing violently. The lifeguard's watching intently. They said, why don't you do something? Sounds a lot like how people are talking to God right now. Do something. Do something. Finally, the man stopped flailing his arms. The lifeguard sprinted, swam, got there within 10 seconds or less. Pulled the man in, saved his life. They said, why did you wait so long to rescue him? He said, if I would have gone after him while he was violently tried to fight this by himself, he would have drowned both of us. But when he surrendered, that's when I could save him. When you surrender, that's when he can save you. When you stop trying to fight this in your own strength, you are stronger here than you are up here. We are stronger here than we are right here. It's time to stop fighting our battles in our own strength and start surrendering to his strength, his salvation. So today, as we get ready to worship, I'm going to speak scriptures of peace over you today. And these scriptures, as I say them, we're going to post them later today. These are scriptures to remind you, you don't have to be afraid that God is with you no matter what you go through or what you face. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, go to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Peace is what I leave with you. It is my peace that I give to you, and I do not give as the world gives. Do not be worried. Do not be afraid, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, 
love and a sound mind. There is no fear in love. Perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. When anxiety was great within me, your peace brought joy to my soul. But now this is what the Lord says, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name and you are mine. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a good word from God cheers him up. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Have I not commanded you, be strong, be courageous, don't be terrified, don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God, he will be with you wherever you go. He goes before you and behind you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Every day has enough trouble of its own. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand. He will lift you up in due time. Leave all your worries with him because he cares for you. Tell everyone who is discouraged, be strong. Don't be afraid. God is on the move. He's coming to your rescue. The Lord is my light. He's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Immediately he spoke to me and said, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid for the Lord your God. He goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I am the Lord who takes your right hand. Do not be afraid. I will be with you. God is our refuge. He's our strength. He's an ever-present help in trouble. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. The fear of man is a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe from harm. He got up and he rebuked the wind and he rebuked the waves and he said, peace be still. And the wind died down and it was calm. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them from all harm. If you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you. So don't worry. Don't be afraid of the threats. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. He said, don't be afraid. The Lord God will fight this battle for you. He placed his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the first and I'm the last. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just believe, for I am convinced nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, angels or demons, fears of today or worries about tomorrow, even the power of hell can't separate
victory slide back up there. I just love looking at that word. That's a word from God. That's a promise from God that you and I walk in victory. We have victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. A shout of triumph, a shout of victory. Let's get, do we have that victory flag? I don't know where it's at, but run and grab it. Run it, we've been, we've been lifting up this flag the last two weeks. I feel like we need to lift it up again this week. that blessing song we've been singing that is favor and as as we do let me just read this over you the Lord your God is in your midst he's a victorious warrior he will exult over you with joy and he will sing over you songs of deliverance he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty I will say of the Lord he's my refuge he's my fortress my God in whom I Lord, today I just declare peace over our nation, peace over our world. I pray for healing and health. We pray for this virus to reverse, to de-escalate. We thank you in Jesus' name today that we go out as your church carrying peace. We are carriers of your love. We are vessels of victory. God, that everywhere we go, we carry a fragrance of hope. God, I pray, Lord, when we find ourselves in conversations of fear, of worry, of discouragement, of divisiveness, God, that we would lift up a banner of hope, of peace, of love, of encouragement. God, I thank you, Lord, you would use our church to shine bright and show your love to people around us, whether it's bringing groceries to people, checking up on the elderly, praying for people, calling people, visiting people, ministering to people. Lord, I thank you that today we are full of hope and full of peace and full of your love. And God, we're going to go forth with that peace and with that love. In Jesus' name, if you agree, say amen and amen. I love you. God bless you.